Oh my god. How cool. I love that. So exciting. Wow. Hi, I'm Pip and this is Jumbled Loves a Chat. Amazing. Love that it. Is stunning. That is like so flipping true. Let's come and get your coffee. <laughs> Cheers to that. Today's guest is a master of many trades and a maker of all sorts of amazingness. It's difficult to describe what she does for work, but just imagine a magic wand of creativity that she waves over events, interiors, weddings, and florals. And she's that kind of person that when you first meet her, you just instantly want to become friends with her. A very big welcome to Danny Dean of The Make House. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Pip. That was actually the most beautiful and overwhelming um, introduction I think I've ever received. Oh, no, no. You're very clever. So clever. I'm just so excited to be seeing you again. I know. It's so nice. I guess even though we do live, I guess, well to part, Sydney and Orange, but um, it feels like, yeah, you, you literally feel like a, a new friend that's always around now and I've... Oh, that's good. That's lovely. Well, I first discovered you on Instagram. I don't know when I tried to scroll back to see if it was like a particular thing that, but maybe I'm thinking it was like a prickly pear and orchid, like hanging installation, perhaps that first caught my eye. But then when I'm mortifyingly stuffed up um, my podcast recording with Rachel Castle and forgot to press record, which I, ha- am, I have pressed now. I um, rang you to create something amazing for her and it was this crazy fluoro pink floral thing. And, um, and from there you've now been to Orange and created our own floral installations in our clothing side of the business. So, yeah, it all happened in lockdown. It's all been a bit crazy. It really did and it was kind of perfect timing because, you know, when would I ever really have time to say I'm coming to Orange in two days? Like, I know, I know. That's I could get in the car and do it and I was able to be like hands-on and creative, which even though that's, I guess, what I am and what I do, I find I get off the tools a lot. Um so, I mean, I was just so delighted. That was such a cool project. And then the, to, to make florals for Rachel Castle, I mean, Queen of Colour. Yeah, like that yeah. Was, um, yeah, that was a little exciting DM to get that day from you. And I did. who would have imagined that it would have folded out this way? I know, I know. It's been good. Now, let's start from the beginning. Can you tell everyone what the Make House is and what you do because it's kind of, yeah, there's a lot. But so interesting it is a bit of a long script I find Um, to put it all into one sentence is difficult but we are I call the make house a creative studio we take ideas from you know nothing to something um, amazing pending the brief and it sprawls over categories of interior design florals or botanicals uh, events and activations which is you know the more temporary setups that brands um do these days oh, so that's okay. all morphed into um the make house 
Yeah, that's cool. And you, you run it all yourself. So I run it all myself. Um, I still am very much a one, uh, one man band. Just joined. Uh, well, I'm like a two man band now. I've got an amazing employee, Sarah, that has joined the team, and I. Um, and then we work with a lot of contractors and suppliers. You know, it's all depending on what kind of is required. So it's malleable in a way that that kind of works. But also, I feel you know, we could have 10 other people working for us. Yeah, yeah. You can just, yeah, bring in the people that you need to. It's like a constant sort of collaboration, isn't it? It is. It is because every brief is so varied. So, like, whilst it would be great to have, um, you know, one of every hat, it can, you know, at different times, it can be 90% floral or we could be immersed in, like, an interior design project for six months and not, you know, it just kind of goes, it moves in big swings. Yeah, yeah. I'm fast. I love um, business names. Like I'm fascinated by their origins and where they come from. Where Where did the make house come from? I'm guessing it's because you make lots of stuff, but I'm just yeah. guessing. Okay. I don't know. Okay. Oh, I, to think of how to name, I guess when I started freelancing and I was, you know, Danny Butchart, pre Dean, that name was just not very punchy. And um, Danny I Dean's. Like, Punchy, it's though. very punchy, yeah. yeah good to double D. No, yeah, the double D was coming, but I didn't know. And I quickly realized that having Danny Butchart, you know, everyone just wanted to know who that person was and not anything or anyone that was sort of working on the project. So, mm. in the name, obviously, we make, I make um, as many things as I possibly can. If I think I can make it, I'll make it. So, it had to be in there. And house. I am not German at all, which is, um, you know, its origin. But yeah, because it it's H A U S when you're looking um, for it. Yeah, it is the make house, but yeah. we just say house. Yeah, and they just felt like a little umbrella word that kind of captured all the things into yeah. the the hat. Um, I love that. So that was it. <laughs> so we probably before we get into everything that you do. Um, I think it's really good to go back to the beginning because I feel like that mm-hmm. forms so much of what makes you creative and a businesswoman. And um, so you now live on the northern beaches, but have you lived there your whole life? Or I yes, I did grow up on the northern beaches um, in a suburb called Narrabeen, oh, and lucky. I fled the northern beaches at about twenty three to Bondi for um, you know what I thought was a more exciting life. I had a job in the city. But then met James in Byron Bay and he was from the Northern Beaches. So but I'm really happy here. It is quieter. Well, it's actually not quieter, but it's, you know, it's not as busy. Um, A bit more relaxed, nice life. It's a bit more relaxed. And at heart, I I do prefer that. I am a bit of a hermit, so it suits, suits me. And were you always creative? Have you always been a creative person? Yeah, I think, like, without knowing it really, I, I, I was so timid growing up as, as a little girl and through high school and even early 20s that I almost thought being, you know, unearthing all the creativity, like, I, I've always felt I wasn't, I wasn't. Okay. I don't know why. I think because going through high school, being, like, aspiring to a creative job was not really... Um, you know, it was like doctor, 
yeah. astronaut, you know, the typical things. And, and I didn't fall into those categories. Astronaut. So I, I don't know how typical that one is, oh, but yeah, <laughs> I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Think of the plumber. Yeah, I just, yeah. Did you do, did you do art and design at school? I did. I picked, I did visual arts, textiles and design. I did all the ones that I could whilst trying to get the UAI. Mm. (laughs) Because I remember dropping maths and people saying, you know, that's such a bad move. Like, I'm just not going to use it. Or do you have to use it now? You probably have to use it a lot. (laughs) Floral calculations. But... (gasps) I use it in the capacity that suits me and, you know, I've I've learnt how that the benefits of that. But at the time, you know, my mind didn't comprehend um, that as a subject and it gave me, you know, anxiety and stress. So I just wanted to move away from that. Mm. And I I was attempting to be a fashion designer when I left school because that was, I guess, one of the the, um, front running jobs that girls wanted to do. But um, I did end up getting as well. Did you? Yeah. It's funny. I feel like everyone I've interviewed has nearly done that. I don't know. Or a lawyer. Exactly. It was one of those clear, you know, if you wanted a creative role, that's kind of the, that was the steps that you could be a fashion designer or a lawyer. Hmm. Um, And I did get a job for a fashion designer, which was the job I was in for eight years. Yeah. So Um, who was that with? So it was an Australian designer called Fleur Wood. And she... I loved yeah. her store. Anyone knows in, her. Yeah. Which store did you go to? The one in Paddington where the wall oh, yeah. was like layers and layers of like yes. old paint and patina yeah. and like imagine a whole, that was just, it was beautiful. And and she was massive, like. Yeah, it was such a phenomenal. So I guess I joined her when I was 21. I thought, great, I'm going to be a designer. Yeah. Eventually. Um, and she I feel she's so familiar in how what I feel and make Kelsey is it's a similar kind of blend. She was just very creative and had her finger in quite a few pies um, and had and really wanted to expand like the lifestyle side of her business through yes. those beautiful stores and um, through homewares and that sort of thing. And then I naturally just started doing, you know, that side of her business with her, um, buying, creating. Um, working, you know, with the interior design teams that we'd appoint to do the stores in, in kind of painting things and it just, yeah. I don't know, a whole world opened up and I stayed with her for eight years. We opened seven stores. We yes. travelled to and bought. We, and then I produced two of these incredible coffee table books that um, I don't know if you've seen. I, I think I actually have one. Oh, Is do you? Like, yeah. Is it like, is there food in there as well? Yeah, okay. And it was just like a world before Instagram, like yeah. literally a year or two before Instagram. So these beautiful books, I think if they went out now, they'd just be viral. But the, the concept was there was 10 chapters of 10 really unique themes, like, for example, a dinner at midnight on winter solstice in yeah. Centennial Parkland with a fire dancer and then... I think the food concept was like fondue and we'd set it all up like there was nothing virtual or digital about it, so manual. Um, all the guests would come and we'd shoot it and then there would be like a music set list and just oh. everything on how to create these events. So, yeah, that what, was... What an amazing um, training. 
for oh, you to have in like privilege. Yeah. And I was watching the florist that she used to always use was Saskia from Grande Flora. Yeah. And they come in, you know, as a, a full team with all these exotic florals that I'd never even seen or been exposed to. I was so green. Like um and it was just fascinating. Like I but feel probably I no one had seen a lot of those florals at that time. Probably. Like she was sort of a pioneer in what she was doing as well. Oh, a hundred percent. And still like pioneering so many, so many looks. Like it's it's just clear that, you know, she's yeah, she's unique, um, an incredible and inspiring florist, you know, now. But yeah, to be exposed to that through that time it really was like no course or training to do that because it's sort of 90 percent resourceful but really cool that um fleur woods and and like you do now are just trying and doing lots of different things that there is really no boundaries and you can be doing just give it a go give it a try you can you can yeah i mean it doesn't as long as you get to that end goal on time to the budget. It doesn't really matter how you get there, mm. um, particularly in this line of work, because it can be, there's so many variables, especially with like those sorts of shoots and production where you've mm. got 20 to 30 people, maybe animals, like oh, you've got God. food, you know, all the elements. It um, You really just are throwing a little bit at the wall and hoping that it sticks. Yeah. But then, okay, so you did that for eight years. What what happened at the end of the eight years? Is that when you started the makeups? I stayed there forever, but um, yeah. no, she she closed. Um, well, she moved to New York, so that was the end of a chapter. And I just started freelancing for a lot of the people that I had met. Yeah. Um, you know, getting in touch about making weird and wonderful things, and I just all of a sudden was just working every day and had like a full list of things to do and it felt like a business I guess I, I was like I don't know I did didn't know what um you know a, a business was or I didn't know mm. all the behind the scenes but I guess without knowing it was just all happening um so I gave it a name the make house and yeah it um I I don't know I guess it's hard to explain it just kind of you so there wasn't a, a certain point where you realised, you know, that you could turn your passion and your creativity into a business or was it just like a slow burn that you didn't realise oh, was kind of I happening? Think, I think I had the confidence then. I think I knew I was, you know, I had where I'm at now, I had that in my mind then. Oh, I was like very clear, okay. I'm going to get a warehouse and I'm, you know, I'm gonna. this is going to be a thing. Um because if it didn't work out, I don't know what I would have done. Like mm. I just felt very confident um, in my ability, but I didn't. I I didn't know really what was happening. Um, I also was pregnant with Dallas. Oh yeah. At this point, so it was an interesting time, like in my life. Like there's a lot of things were about to change, so I, I wanted to make sure that I had something going on when. I was ready to work again. Yeah. Yeah. It's a time where a lot of people, you get a lot of clarity, isn't it? <laughs> when you're having a baby or. Yeah. Yeah. So. Did you um, have a business plan or you just envisioned, you could see what the future was? 
I've never had a business plan on paper, um, but the plan, <laughs> yeah, sounds terrible. I guess, I guess when you're a one-man band, you, like the plan is in in your head. I, I, I was speaking to, you know, I'd speak to a lot of people and I had a mentor and I had a, I've had the same accountant from the start. Mm, and I just, you know, I had all these people around me that I was consulting and talking and probably chewing their ear off about, you know, what should I do? Is this the right choice? And, um, and then, yeah, it just started paving into to a clearer kind of path um, for me. Yeah. How did, how did you get a mentor? Is it just someone that you met or? It's just someone that um, I met during Flowwood days. And after that job, I worked for um, another designer who they just, yeah, that, that, that we, you know, use ahead of me. And actually it was the friend that I was telling you, friend of Rachel Castles. And oh yes. I guess, I don't know if it would be a traditional mentor, but someone that I could openly go to and say, you know, is it this or is it this? Or have you been in this scenario? Or, you know, I need some um, honest advice and, you know, feedback and, you know, criticism or, or something to just not be mulling over. Things yeah, like a, that a might. generosity of knowledge and stuff. Yeah, just a compass, like a nice compass. So, yeah, you, 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 you just, sometimes you just want like a little pat on the back. Mm. With us, yeah. So, did you like officially launch the Make House with like, or and do you remember your first job? It was out on your own. I don't remember my. Oh, actually, no, that's incorrect. So, I reckon the the, the first big job that I I would have taken in for the Make House was this, um, and it, and it, it's probably a dream project when I think back. We it was for Stone Lee Wine, yeah, and. There was this house in the rocks and this production team um, took it over to, the concept was to grow, um, like grow things in the house, on the ground, like in the furniture, like basically grow grass and vines, trees. And it was called Stonely Number 50. And it was this heritage house. You walk in and we, we literally dumped like two tons of dirt, sowed all seeds, planted all these plants, you know, didn't have a functioning bathroom or kitchen, but the kitchen was covered in mushrooms and, you know, they'd grow over a period of six weeks and then they'd have tastings where people would go in and, and experience the wine and it was all about, you know, exposing everyone wow. to the same flavours. And that would have been the first real Make House project. Um, so I worked on all the creative and um, the direction of each of those rooms. And it was, if you asked me what my dream project was, it probably would land somewhere there. And, and, and again, that was kind of before, just before Instagram as well. <laughs> like, do, you any, do you have photos of it? Yeah, I do. I have yeah. photos. I'll have yeah. to share them with you. And they're on Google. Like if you search, it does come up. Yeah. Um, but it was just the most amazing experience, like to see mushrooms and fungi and all sorts of little, um, I don't even know what they were, but they were, they grew from nothing in this kitchen. Like overnight they'd do time lapses and the mushroom would just kind of oh my God. come out. Like fairy tale mushrooms. They were like polka dot and it was incredible. So 
I guess those projects where you know they're really taking a risk and they're super bold and not just um, it's not just a day event you know that went over a really long period of time they're they're just they don't come often like as a stylist or creative kind of a once in a blue moon thing you're kind of living the dream like that just sounds amazing i think in like a part i you know i would have loved to have been a florist but have zero skills putting (laughs) things together um but it's one of those things that i think probably a lot of people like if i wasn't doing what i'm doing i would love to be a florist but what can you tell people what the flower markets are like the flower markets are crazy i still feel so nervous at times going there as um I mean, a lot, a lot has changed since COVID at the markets. It's, um, it is a little quieter and um, more regulations. But I guess when I, when I first went there, you know, there's four cliffs. There's, it's, you know, there's a lot of blokes and men just moving. Dark it's as well. Dark. It's dark, yeah. We all know that we have to go, you know, around 5 or 5.30. But since having the babies, I love getting up early, getting yeah. out of the house and going at that time. <laughs> But they're busy and they're bustling and, you know, all the growers and the sellers are eating their kebabs and lunch, you know, at 7 a.m. And yeah, because they've probably been up for... They've been up since 9 and then, you know, we all come in and it's it's hustle and bustle and it's um, it's kind of a first-in, first-serve nature at times with the markets. You can do a lot of ordering, but with the florals that I like to use or, or tend to, to look for, it's generally things that, you know, they might just cut from the crop or a random tree. So you want to be in there, like early bird gets the worm. Oh, is that competitive? Like, do you see you competitors and you're like, oh, or you see someone walking out <laughs> yeah. with the orchids you that you want? With a magnificent, like, um, whenever smoke bush hits the market, you know, whoever gets, like, the first amazing branch, you're like, oh, yeah yeah um, but that's exciting and I think like all the florists that I've met um since being a florist I guess we we all love like seeing you know the good wins and and seeing what's out there and who gets you know what we think is the better yes, the better things but it's real it yeah. is yeah yeah it's um it's not for the faint-hearted though I think the market's no. No. Now, do you follow trends? Um, yes, I'd say yes. so. You, like, you don't want to be a trend follower, but you kind of have to be. You have to subscribe. You know, the whole world, mm. we all like things at the same time. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. It's true. What it is, but I guess. Can you tell us what the trends are? That we should be looking out for. Like, what do you think? Um, Which category you know, are we talk? Let's talk. Okay, we'll start off talking, you know, botanicals and okay, installations so and stuff. We can go to that. We can cover the other ones. <laughs> I think with botanicals at the moment, um, introducing like a lot of fruit and all Ooh. sorts of like edible delights into the florals. Um, and like a lot of the foliage just kind of disappeared from a lot of okay. installations, like on the wedding front and on the commercial front. Um, Do you mean like green foliage? Yeah, yeah, yeah. green. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the shapes are really unusual and textured. Mm. 
So I think, um, and then in wedding land, you know, the trends are, you know, all the palms and the baby's breath. And yeah. You do baby's breath. Color. Well, We do it a lot. I do love it. It's really fun to work with. But, you know, often, you know, people do say, like, I don't want baby's breath. <laughs> we won't do it if you don't want it. But, um, but you should. But, we, but we're like, but you should. Um, but, yeah, like the trends, I guess, they don't, they don't change as quickly as, I guess, what people kind of imagine in the floral land because you kind of at the mercy of what's in season. Mm. So it's like you can, there could be something big happening with tulips and then, you know, in two months it's like we don't have tulips again. So yes, of, I it might get think of again that. next year. Um, so it kind of moves, moves around. But I think it mostly uh, like whatever your aesthetic is, it's like you'll kind of set your own little trends mm, mm. to stay current. I um, loved watching you work on the hanging installation in the shop and I noticed that you barely used any Oasis at all. You use like the tiniest little chalk. <laughs> is, that, is that something like I've, I've read somewhere that Oasis is quite bad. Is that a trend yeah, to not but, be using it or um, do you just need to sometimes? I think sometimes you do need to. I, I there there are a lot of florists out there that are attempting to not use it at all, and I I think that's great if if they can and and, and there's ways that they can do their mechanics to do that. Mm. I I'm really trying to use you know little to none, but I'll still use it mm. to get the shape because I think at the end of the day if I'm trying to produce something for you, like for your installation and you want it, we want it to sit a particular way and that's going to allow, you know, mm. the strength and, and, and all the things. It's like, I'll, I'll use it. But I guess, you know, five years ago, if I did that installation, I probably would have used six or seven bricks. But throughout one and then chicken wire and, you know, a few other little techniques. For me, I feel like that's, I'm being sustainable as I can be mm. within the means of what I'm trying to achieve. Yeah. Oh, it's interesting. And that there'd be lots stuff. of different things and, and like the imported flowers and I see debates on that on Instagram <laughs> as well. Um, it's a tricky there's one. Lots of, there's, there's lots of um, talking about all sorts of, yeah, local versus imports. Um, you know, I don't subscribe to all of that chat, I just use what I think suits um, the briefs that we're doing and, and I try and just be as authentic and sustainable as I can. Um, yeah. But, um, you know, there's pros and cons with imports and, and all that, which yeah. we won't have time for. <laughs> so when it, when it comes to styling um, your corporate events and creative productions, what... What do you think makes a great event? Um, well, what makes a great event? I mean, you, you want to have an incredible guest experience. So I guess that's, you know, a real end goal. But also you just want to be able to produce an event, you know, on time. A great event for us is like getting it done on budget, no delays, no, um, you know, no, no hiccups that can cause any um change to the end goal mm. it's 
for us, that's what brings a great event. I guess we, we sort of focusing all, on all the pre-production of the ideas and we never get to in, be the ones that are at the event or enjoying the event, but um, getting that feedback that it, it was a win, particularly if it's like activation or visual based is yeah. like just great. And you often touch across all different elements of an event, don't you? Yeah, generally if we were bought on board, we um, like we, we'll manage the production and the visual assets and the concepts as well as the installation. But it, you don't, we don't have to do all those things, but um, it's nice to kind of keep it all under the one roof. Um, I think when you can just all have it all on the one ship and like push it towards that kind of yeah, final yeah, yeah. and you just know that you're controlling that end result. Mm. Um, and there's the same sort of design signature across everything as well. Exactly. Yeah. You can, it, yeah, exactly. You, you can really control that aesthetic. Um, yeah. Okay. So weddings, are they stressful? Yes. Yeah. They are. They are. They're, they're, but amazing. They're amazing. The difference with weddings and then the commercial events is that the, the weddings, the, the bride or the groom, they've never experienced like that event before. Like mm-hmm. I've been a bride myself, so I understand it now. The pressure yeah. is immense. You know, like you just, you don't want, you want to impress all your friends and your family and then you want to be there for like your partner and, and you've got to look good and, you know, all the, all the variables, they're just um, hard to manage. So sometimes I find that we're almost like the hairdresser in the, the land of the weddings that <laughs> they'll come and just download, yeah. you know, all the, all the yeah, everything that's going on, um, which is great, like, because we ended up forging, like, great friendships with, with um, the clients. But the event day for a florist, for a... a did I say that right? The event day as, as a florist is, yeah, it's highly stressful. It's, you know, you know from 8 o'clock that you've you know, got seven hours to go and you're literally counting down on a timer and everything is precision and has to be done and you're facing the elements like is the rain coming? Is there a storm? You know, do we have a wet weather option? Oof. Is it too hot? Is it like... <laughs> I'm, getting like I'm getting stressed like just hearing that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but then you get the adrenaline and of course, like every wedding comes with an amazing gallery of photos, which like they're kind of priceless for us to, to be able to, um, you know, have our work photographed like that. Um, it's just worth it. It's just addictive. Yeah. How amazing. And then you also do interiors as well. Like it's crazy. I saw this most amazing mirror that you were making the other day and I was like oh my god it's such a cool idea so what yeah. sort of um like projects are you working on um so at the moment we are we, we for the last six months we've been working on a salon in Clovelly for the parlor room that and looks amazing by the way I haven't been able to disclose any good you know anything about it yet we're keeping it all very under wraps um that mirror is going in there and I am like melting. I just want to, I want to release some, some images and that they'll come in the next two or three weeks. So that's been like a beautiful project to have on during COVID because I felt like I was 
able to give so much more time to it. Mm. Um, so that's really exciting to unleash that. And yeah, like the, the interiors, it's just for me personally, it's like where I'm trained and, and what I love doing. And I, it would probably be my preference out of the, the category. Oh, really? Okay. For me. Yeah. I, 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 I do. I love it. Um, I love the process and the designing the joinery and just it's a much calmer process. You know, the projects are much longer. Yeah. There's so much more thoughts, more consideration. And I quite like that, you know, you, you're sort of designing for, you know, it's not like this is going to be packed down the no, next day. No, no. So you're doing residential and commercial? We don't do residential. Um, sure. commercial, yeah. Oh, I mean... I guess it's just what we I've been exposed to. It's been more of a commercial um, landscape. I mean, when I look at your house, I just think, oh, I would love to be involved in a project like that. And maybe I just need to manifest and pivot that sort of direction to, yeah, to do yeah. that. But it's two different avenues, like commercial Completely. design and residential design. It's really, yeah, it's. Um, I think it would be tricky to... Commercial sort of more um, that experience that it's like a little yeah. bit more extreme in it its can, styling. Yeah, it can be in, in its way, in, in ways. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, I don't know, hopefully, I'm going to start visualizing for the resi, the resi oh, job. Oh, manifest that! Yeah. It's sometimes <laughs> when you throw things out to the world, it. Um, comes your way most welcome to come to my house house and help me out <laughs> oh my gosh I can't every time you are um eyeing off your curved walls I'm just like oh my me. god I'm so excited about the curves but I'm yeah. so hopeless I didn't even know there were curves in the boys bathroom I just was like <laughs> oh you know that was there my husband was like oh shouldn't have wasted our money and time putting those <laughs> An expensive curve. Yeah, from a builder's perspective. But anyway, I oh, I know so. the builders like curves, but I know sometimes I think when the builder's not not vibing it, that it's a good idea. Totally, <laughs> totally. So you recently branched out and you set up the where. Yes, and I'm coming to visit. What is the where? So the where the where is the warehouse that I dreamed of for ever in a day. And when I wanted to move the make house out into a space, I I just didn't want it to be me in a warehouse, mm. you know, on my own because I felt, you know, the, the, the make house still is very a very small um, team, you know, even if it was just me and Sarah, I mean, you know, it's still so I just I'd worked in a lot of similar spaces and, and there was nothing like it on the Northern Beaches. Oh, yeah. We, you know, everyone sort of says, well, you're, you don't have the things the city has, you know, you don't have the bustling vibe of Bondi and this and that. And I just thought, I'm just going to try and create something. We don't need it. But, you know, there are, there are clever people over here as well. Mm. <laughs> it's like you don't have to live in the heart of the city. Um, so I pitched it to James. I said, I've got this idea, you know, you've got to be on board. He's an electrician. Um, That's your husband. My husband. Yes. And I was like, I really think, you know, this is just the way forward. It's what we've got to do. Um, so we went looking for the space and about six months in, 
my phone's ringing. Is that coming oh, up? Sorry. On no, no. Oh, oh that's right. Sorry. That's okay. Just... Yeah, so, just say yeah. from so Ben, you found yeah. it. So we, we looked for a warehouse for about six months and, um, of course, we found one when I was seven months pregnant with Smith. Isn't it weird how that happens? And I was just like, again, you know, dog with a bone. I'm like, we've got to do it. I have such a you know, good feeling. I'd already drawn up, you know, the full design intention. Um, so the premise was that we'd have six businesses when we open would be um, in the, these uh, private offices that we've built. And so it's like a contemporary white box built within a bigger warehouse. So it's kind of, yeah, and then the make house sits outside of that. And, you know, I didn't know who these businesses were that were going to join us. Um, I was really just hoping that people would share the same appreciation and, and desire and I'd find other, you know, six other make house type businesses. Mm. And soon enough um, we filled those spaces and, uh, we moved upstairs into another tenancy of the, like the same building um, and cool. we created another event space and another three suites. So there's nine businesses in there now and we've got two um, big, beautiful spaces for shoots and sort of creative play and, um, yeah, it's starting to get busy. I mean, it didn't really help that there was a pandemic in the middle of it all. Good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but... You know, it gave there's still some positives, I guess, out of that we were just talking oh, about out of COVID. It, there are so many positives out of COVID, and I, and I'm so grateful that we opened last year and we were able to, you know, get some roots into the ground and 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 feel like strong enough. But if we'd opened this year, you know, it would have been a different story. Mm. But it um. Yeah, I, I loved, I, like, I loved the isolating, isolation life and I, yeah. I was okay with that process. But yeah. I, I love being able to go down to the wear and see everyone and be exposed to, like, people. Yes. Having, yeah, like a big sort of work family. Yeah. And did you have to pivot during COVID, obviously? Like, I hate talking about it. I find it yeah. it's like what everyone's been talking about. But it is really... Um, interesting what people did to survive like all your events would have dried up but then mm. you did yeah. lots of other things yeah we well i i tried to pivot as much as i could whilst also making sure i had a really good break yeah because i didn't like you know just even sharing about starting the make house when dallas was born and finding this premises when smith was about to be born i didn't have very conventional absences yes yeah you didn't, not proper um, maternity leave like yes so I thought I'm gonna take advantage of that break and and I guess for me that was a pivot because yeah. I'm addicted to work I love you know not working gives me anxiety which is terrible um so I, I really learned to just relax and and we went into a big strategy session. We rebranded, we're rebranding um, our website. Hopefully we'll be live in September. You know, we shot oh, videos and content and updated all our copy and we did policies and procedures and that stuff I love. And it was just a really good time. Um, I opened a floral shop on the website, which I'd never done before. 
and you know that was a great that's a great side business which is actually my business yeah 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 (laughs) another 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 avenue you know another avenue where there was just never time to um to do it because our orders would come through on email or text or but it's um it's a digital world so Mm. my shop so yeah i i think we pivoted um enough well you know to to get by we just every every week is a good week if we're still doing things and yeah work starting to pick up yeah we're all in all in the same boat yeah totally and you're saying before that you're sort of addicted to work um when do your ideas come to you because you can't be creative all the time or do you find there's a certain thing or place or um i think i get a lot out of like when i'm in a like a pressure pot or a a, you know a feeling of like oh i'm not gonna crack this one sometimes i need to just go through a little bit of like pain (laughs) creatively and then it just unlocks and I find that happens a lot and I don't know if I store it somewhere in my body um yeah but I yeah I'm not creative all the time at all because I'm tired I'm tired and I'm juggling things but um yeah I don't know a little bit of exercise or just it just comes at weird times I you know we've got our phones with us all the time so it's like at any given point it could be 6am it could be the middle of the day you can just get on so many apps to get inspired mm-hmm. i know we're lucky yeah and how how do you present your idea that you've this creative brainwave that you've just unlocked how do you then present it to the client is that an easy thing to convince and show them or um no, it's not. It's not always easy. I'll everything gets put put into a document generally, um, so we can create some format of a like a, a bible for for anything that we're working on. And <clears throat> I find that it's the best the best sort of design asset that the client can get to to understand the idea. Mm-hmm. But I, I I think ten times a week I have the converse like I'm starting my conversations with like. Look, I know you're not sure about it, but this is why we need to do it. Or yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, always yeah. that um, level of it's not like convincing, it's just understanding that people don't have visual minds. Like I speak in pictures, I see in pictures, and when someone sort of says, Oh, but I can't picture it, like, oh, you can't? <laughs> I can. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So sometimes, you know, there can be different ways that we, we show it. You know, we might make it or set something up or take them somewhere that's similar experience. Or a mood or, board or something um, like that. More mood boards or, you know, I draw a lot of things on SketchUp because I find, like, everyone gets a real kick out of, you know, seeing little renders and drawings and, and I, it helps me too. Mm. Do you mean like a 3D render? Like thing? a 3D render. Oh, I love those. Yeah, they're yeah. good. Just sort of the penny drops and they're like, oh, is that what you were saying? And we probably should have, you know, done that from the start. But sometimes when you give, you know, the full extent of the idea, if you get a no at that point. Oh, and you're yeah. Still, yeah. So I kind of drip it in. And has a brief ever come to you 
where you're like, yuck. Oh no. Um, or can you change things around? Sometimes they they come and they're confusing to what their intention is, you know. But I think, yeah, I, I, I think we've been fortunate that a lot of people come to us with wanting our aesthetic in their way. Yeah. So, yeah. Not You're like much. attracting the right people. Hopefully. Hopefully there's nothing out there that we've produced where other people are like, yuck. <laughs> <laughs> and, and like you've done a lot, but what are you still wanting to achieve? Like, is there anything you haven't done yet that you're dreaming about? Oh, yeah, there's so many things. I mean, I'd, I'd love, I, I, for me, I feel like if we were, um, you know, like the business is tiny. Like I feel like we're like, we're still in newborn phase. It's like we're not even out of nappies. Hey, when did you start? 2015. Oh. God, I don't even know what we're in now, 20. Yeah, okay, righto. I should have asked that at the start because you seem um, so, it seems so set up and so defined and um, like you're kicking lots of goals. So I would have thought it was had been we're, going for we are, Yeah, we're, we're kicking goals and, I, and I, I'm, I'm loving the, um, the evolution this far. But then I just think, like if this is my forever job yeah and I'll be working say for you know another 20 25 years and it's like we're only five years in so when I think of it that way I think wow like what what could possibly be ahead but I mean we yeah we've got we've got the four walls and the roof and you know the ability to achieve so much but like I'd love to have more team I'd love to be taking on like bigger projects I'd love to not just be working just in Sydney um because I feel like our ability is probably more like for a local market in terms of logistics and resources um so I aspire to to so much more like I'd love to work with bigger prestigious brands um but I also it's Fun not knowing what could land in your inbox. Yeah, isn't that cool? You just don't want to go, oh, my gosh. Look at this. Um, Yeah, so I guess I'm 100% aware that there are a lot of good things going on now, but also just that business mind that it's like there's got to be more. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I can tell there's a lot more for you coming. Is there any advice that you could give um, people that were embarking on a creative career or taking the plunge of working on their own? What's your um, little motto? I think when working on your own is like giving yourself like a proper routine, like as if you're going to a job and going to work for someone, mm-hmm. that when I changed my sort of everyday to doing a little bit of work, to doing a bit of laundry, to doing a bit of this. You know, that wasn't functional, but setting up my day and diarising from 9 till 10, do this, 10 to 11, do this, you know, structure it out. That the productivity for me working alone was um, like tenfold. And I felt like I was not just doing things because it was my job, but I felt like I was going to a job and more accountable. 
So that's, and I still do that. I try and diarize out my days. I don't always tick or abide by it, but mm. at least I look at it and think, okay, like you've got to tick off a few things yeah. today. Oh, I love a to-do list. Oh, I have so, I think Sarah, my um, assistant, I've started every single to-do list under the sun. Like this week we're on Trello, next week we're on Asana. Oh, this week yeah. <laughs> Nothing like a piece of paper and a pen though as well. Yeah. Jess is loving Trello at the moment though. Who works I can't for me? What it was that I didn't like about Trello in the end, but yeah, yeah. it's good for a while. Okay, so that brings us to the jumbled mixed bag. You're almost there. Oh. It's been so good chatting with you. Okay, you ready? Yeah. What is your all-time favourite flower? My all-time favourite flower, I think I love the cymbidium, which is like a, is an orchid that looks like a bit rubbery. Oh, it's okay. Of, it, it's on like a, a big stem and you've got like six or eight kind of flowers on it. Um, yeah, it's they just come in the most like delectable colours and they're in season now so I'm loving using them for my favourite. Oh, good. Oh, yum. What is the craziest brief that you've ever been given? Oh, there's so many crazy things that kind of pop up. I think it's, it depends what your level of crazy is. We were going to put a whale into this event. But a whale? What? Not a real one. A, a, a big foam, like four-metre one. Wow. Um, it was going to be such a cool concept. But that was probably going to be, you know, on the crazy radar this year. Yeah. Now, now that feels normal. That idea feels normal. Yeah. What's the whale made out of? He is, it's, I guess it's like the, what you'd imagine when you go to like the powerhouse museum okay. and there's one thing from the roof. Yeah. Oh, that's I mean, cool. Yeah. Okay. Would you pick flower or foliage? I'd pick flower. Yeah, probably. Yeah, Me too. If you're a piece of clothing, what would you be? I think I'd be shoes. Oh, okay. What well, time? I mean, well, probably I'm like obsessed with my Nike Air Force Ones. I continually probably buy them over and over. And for me, like as a shoe, I just get so I get so much more love out of shoes than clothing. Because oh, okay. I'm always wearing, you know, active wear or something that I might need to get dirty in. But like mm. then the shoe kind of just polishes it all up. Yeah. Now, do you make your bed in the morning? Yes, I do. I make all the beds in the house in the morning. Um, I have to have them done before I go. Wish anyway. I was like that. It's good. Oh, if you weren't doing what you're doing now, what would you be doing? Um, well, what I wanted to do when I applied for uni was I wanted to be a forensic detective. Oh. <laughs> I would have tried to do that. So different. Um, Very. Yeah, so I, I think I'd pick something completely uncreative. Um, yeah. If you were getting married again tomorrow, don't worry, it's to your husband still. What what <laughs> would it look like? I think I loved our wedding and everything that we did. I think I would almost duplicate the same. I probably would do a dress change because I think. I don't know why I held back on that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, 
I really want to change anything. We had the most epic day. I, I would just say I want to do a dress change. Yeah. You do the flowers and everything all the same? I do it all the same. We oh, had this cool. amazing intimate wedding up in Byron Bay. Um, it's like cocktail party style. The dance floor started from six, which is all I all I wanted. And um, it rained and, you know, <laughs> we had all the, it wasn't like picture perfect, but it was great. And, you know, we had Dallas and he was two years old and it was just such a cool day. I, I love thinking back to it. So I guess aesthetically, maybe there would be things that I'd change, but like the feelings of yeah. you just, hard to, hard to want to change. Oh, that's lovely. Thank you so much for chatting with us today. It's been so good. And I, I can't wait to see what you do next. I can't wait to see um, your Cl Clabelli project. That's going to be amazing. I know. I can't wait to um, to share that. So that'll be really exciting. And I'm just so, like, I'm so delighted to be asked to be on the podcast. It's oh, so nice good. talking to you. Yeah, it's so good. But thank you so much. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Hey, thank you so much for listening and sharing a glass of bubbles with us. Please subscribe if you want to hear more and share it with all your kick-ass businesswomen friends. So until next time, stay fabulous.